Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Ken Burns has a new documentary out on PBS. It's called The U.S. and the Holocaust. It's the most politically engaged and relevant of all his work. It ends with Donald Trump and the threat from America's neo-Nazis today. For comment, we turn to David Nassau. He's a historian and biographer whose most recent book is The Last Million Europe's Displaced Persons from World War to Cold War. We talked about it here. He's also written prize-winning biographies that have been shortlisted for the Pulitzer Prize, including wonderful books about William Randolph Hearst, Andrew Carnegie, and Joe Kennedy. He's Professor Emeritus of History at the CUNY Grad Center, and his writings have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and The Nation. David Nassau, welcome back. Thank you. So we have three episodes, two hours each. When I first read about it, I thought, we already know this history. We've been reading about it our whole lives. Ken Burns knows that. He's got one of his historian experts, Daniel Mendelssohn, who says, you think you've heard it all, but trust me, you haven't. I ended up agreeing with him totally. I found the show riveting. What did you think? Yeah, I I agree totally. I began uh, watching it almost as a duty, didn't think I was going to learn anything or be nearly as moved as I was. I thought it is an extraordinary accomplishment. It comes at the right time. It is not only a warning, but it is a piece of history that lives with us or should live with us. And I hope it gets the widest possible viewing. I hope that it makes its way into high schools and colleges. Um, It's remarkable. And it's also remarkable because it gets at the the nasty underbelly of American history. What makes it different from other Ken Burns documentaries is that it's about what America could have done and should have done, but didn't do. It's about American apathy and, let's face it, American hostility to immigrants, immigrants in general, and Jews in particular. And it's also about the malevolence of some powerful Americans, not just supporters of Hitler like Lindbergh, but high officials of FDR's New Deal like Breckenridge Long, the Assistant Secretary of State. Historians know all about this guy, but 
but remind us, just for starters, what he did to help block help for Hitler's victims. The moment to get the Jews out was before the war begins and locks them into Eastern Europe. And Breckenridge Long, the Assistant Secretary of State, who was in charge of visas and immigration, made it impossible to do that. What happens is that not only are immigration restrictions, which are already um, tight and almost impossible for Eastern Europeans to get into this country, what Breckenridge Long does he make is make that even more difficult. Uh, Breckenridge Long is, is, is a real anti-Semite, and he does everything he can to keep immigrants out of the country, but especially Jewish immigrants. And the documentary also tells the stories of some heroes in America, people who did the right thing, especially a young Treasury Department lawyer named John Paley, P-E-H-L-E, along with his boss, Roosevelt's Treasury Secretary, Henry Morgenthau Jr. Let's talk about them and about the War Refugee Board, which Roosevelt created in 1944. This is kind of your territory. Ken Burns has a very, and his collaborators have a very difficult task in front of them. They've got to come up with some sort of a happy ending. They've got to find heroes. And they overreach to do that in the end, I believe. Pele's a good man. Morgenthau, you know, does his best. The War Refugee Board is created, but it's much too late. By 1944, how many Jews have been killed? More than 5 million Jews have been killed. The only Jews that, are, that have survived are those in hiding, those who joined the partisans in Poland, about a quarter million Polish Jews who've escaped into the Soviet Union, and the Hungarian and the Romanian Jews, because their fascist Nazi-allied rulers will not give up their Jews. Um, that changes in 1944 and 1945 for the Hungarians. But by the time the War Refugee Board is established, the, the worst has been done. So we've talked about the evil Breckenridge Long. We've talked about the heroic efforts of Henry Morgenthau. What about FDR himself? How much responsibility does he bear? How much blame? This is something that historians have been debating for a long time. Ken Burns himself has a soft spot for Franklin and Eleanor. He made a whole previous uh, documentary about them. I wonder if you agree with the critics who say he treats them here with kid gloves. He gives FDR the benefit of the doubt every time. I think that's un unfair. What we have to do in watching this, and maybe Ken Burns and his collaborators didn't do enough of it, the focus can't be on Roosevelt. It is the American public. It, it is the men and women who could have spoken out from the 1920s when the quotas are established through the 30s. This is a nationwide problem. This is a problem, the root of which is the American people and their elected representatives. They are elected representatives. 
Roosevelt makes the decision that the first priority is defeating Hitler. The first, second, third priority is defeating Hitler. And to divert resources to rescue the Jews or the few that are left, if it detracts from the war effort or from war morale, cannot be allowed. Roosevelt is, is not a villain here. If, if we want to look at it for villains, we have to look at churches, at educational institutions, at the press, at people of privilege and responsibility who should have spoken out for 20 years and did not. Yeah, I have to agree. And, and I think Ken Burns makes that pretty clear that the American public overwhelmingly did not want to fight a war to save Europe's Jews. Ken Burns has one of his historians saying, the War Department doesn't want the soldiers to know much about the persecution of Jews because they're worried they won't fight hard if they think they're being sent to save Jews. You mentioned the press as one of the guilty parties here, and that's certainly one of Ken Burns' continuing themes, showing how the press downplays and creates doubts about the reports that are coming about killing Jews. And there are some notable exceptions, one of which we want to point to here. Ken Burns quotes the Nation magazine's editor, Frida Kirschway, who wrote early in 1943, let me quote, you and I and the president and the Congress and the State Department are accessories to the crime and share Hitler's guilt. If we had behaved like humane and generous people instead of complacent, cowardly ones, the two million Jews lying today in the earth of Poland and Hitler's other crowded graveyards would be alive and safe. We had it in our power to rescue this doomed people, but we did not lift a hand to do it. Or perhaps it would be fairer to say that we lifted just one cautious hand encased in a tight-fitting glove of quotas and visas and affidavits and a thick layer of prejudice. Close quote, Frida Kirschway, editor of The Nation magazine, early in 1943. That's kind of Ken Burns' theme and kind of our, our theme here. One of the great features of this film, I think, it, it makes clear that this was not a secret. Americans have gotten away for a long time by saying, we didn't know anything about it, exactly as the German citizenry did. But it's false. We knew what was going on, and nothing was done. Ken Burns ends the story of the Holocaust with the liberation of the camps. Is that the way you would end the story? No, the, the story can't end there. And, and there's a little bit of misrepresentation. There's a film video of Rabbi David Eichhorn giving a service at Dachau. Um, it's filmed by George Stevens, who's attached to the army at the time, the very important producer. But we see only half the story. Eichhorn had planned to have this service on the first Sabbath after the liberation. Rabbi Eichhorn arrived at the camp on Saturday morning and he discovered that nothing had been set up. He was told that, quote, the Polish non-Jewish inmates had threatened that if a Jewish service were held in the square, they would break it up by force. George Stevens wanted to photograph it, to film it. And he went to the American commander and he said, if you don't allow Icon to do, give this service, 
I will let the world know. So that's number one. Another instance, we are told in the world knows one of the most famous radio broadcasts ever is Edward R. Murrow from Buchenwald. Well, listen, listen to the speech, read the transcript. There is no mention of Jews. The newsreels do not mention Jews. Eisenhower does not mention Jews. Time magazine and the newspapers and the press in reporting about the liberation of the camps do not mention the Jews. So at, at war's end, Americans celebrate the defeat of this evil empire, but with no recognition, no understanding of the six million that have been killed. So the neglect of the Jews continues way after the war. Jewish displaced persons do not come into this country in large numbers until 1949 and 1950. They are moved from the concentration camps into displaced persons camps where they spend from three to five years. The state of Israel is formed and recognized by Truman and the Americans because the Americans don't want to let the Jews into the United States of America. These are realities that, that are lost. We also have to talk about the way Ken Burns ends his history of the U.S. and the Holocaust. He ends it on January 6th. He's, the, the last segment is kind of a fast montage. Police dogs attacking civil rights demonstrators in Birmingham in 1963, the assassination of Martin Luther King in 1968. Then Trump supporters demonstrating against Muslims. Trump at a rally saying, my first day in office, these people are gone. Then white nationalists marching in Charlottesville, chanting, the Jews will not replace us. Then a neo-Nazi killing 11 Jews at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. And finally, the attack on the Capitol, January 6th, the guy carrying a Confederate flag inside the Capitol, the flag of treason and slavery. And the mob, including neo-Nazis, including one we focus on wearing a sweatshirt that says Camp Auschwitz. Then Daniel Mendelssohn returns to say that something like the Holocaust could happen again, this time in America. Don't kid yourself, he says. So unlike every other Ken Burns special, this one ends almost with a call to arms. We have to, we have to stop the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists in America. We can't let them win. Look, I have, a, as a historian, I have a, a strange relationship to what is called presentism and to the ending of this. I think it should be there. But I also think at the end, we lose sight of the fact that this is a unique moment, a unique and horrible moment in European history and in US history. There are other genocides. There are other massacres of innocent people, but this is 6 million Jews who were killed. This is most of European Jewry. And I, I don't want that lesson to be lost. One of the problems I find with this documentary is that the Ken Burns' approach is to focus on individuals, and that's good. 
I, I do it in my own work. Historians have to do that. But at the same point, at the same time, the reality is that six million lives were lost. We are not confronted by the enormity of that loss, by what genocide means. There's another ingredient in a Ken Burns documentary, and that is people speak with sadness, with remorse, with melancholy, but not with anger. And I want anger. I, I want someone to cry out about this tragedy and to say, it's six million Jews. It's almost all of European Jewry. And I don't want that to be lost. I don't want that unique moment, the singular suffering of European Jews to be subsumed as a lesson and as a warning. It is a lesson, it is a warning, but it's also a cataclysmic moment in our history and has to be recognized as such. David Nassau, his most recent book is The Last Million, Europe's Displaced Persons from World War to Cold War. David, thanks for talking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.